Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. Pod Askew is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hi, I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hilary Doherty. And we host the Muck Podcast, where we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. Hey, Tina, did you know that Elvis crashed the Nixon White House for the sole purpose of getting a DEA badge and it worked? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> or how a gun control advocate senator out of California engaged in gun trafficking with notorious gang leader Shrimp Boy? <laughs> Shrimp Boy, I remember him. Okay, so, you know, we cover all of that and more from Malady madness, mischief, and murder in U.S. politics. And we also host a bi-weekly interview segment called Lil Muck. We interview politicians, journalists, activists, and others who share their experiences in politics. Find the Muck Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on social media at the Muck Podcast. Podcast. I am CJ. With me, as always, is my hetero life mate Rico. What's up, man? Bah humbug, motherfucker! I thought you would have saved that for the next episode. Honestly, well, now that makes sense, though. Okay, never mind. I take it back. Yeah. Well, pay attention. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, are, are we doing fucking a, uh, a, a Christmas story? What What are we doing? Did we? It, didn't did. Did we plan this shit? <laughs> Do we ever? <laughs> well, I don't know. After 175 episodes, no. Well, after 174, <laughs> once you get through this one, if you make it that far. <laughs> All right, uh, take two. After 174 episodes, <laughs> no, we don't no. plan shit. No, and when we do, it goes horribly bad. So, um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so tis the season to be naughty. What, are we doing porn now? What, did I miss something? I mean, based on last episode, kind of. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, we're, we're out of the Thanksgiving season. We're, we're uh, balls deep in Christmas and... Uh... Balls deep in all the ho-ho-hos. <laughs> <laughs> the jingle balls deep. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, mistletoe and folly. Are you done? No. Okay. You'll just give yeah. me a slide. Okay. Uh, throughout the episode, I'll I'll throw in the fucking Christmas puns. Oh, great, great. The we triple X miss puns. All right. The, okay. <laughs> so, how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? Filling. <laughs> Filling and and full of food and. I worked on Thanksgiving back in the video room and I uh, managed to get off an hour early and then spend some time with my But what time my... did you leave? Five. No. 
Never mind. Okay. Think about what you said, and we'll talk later. Okay. Uh, so I spent time with my brother and, and his family and, and uh, fucking Tony. You know who you are, Tony. If you're listening to this, your mashed potatoes were very good. You 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 can do the mashed potatoes every year, but but yeah. I but does nothing. Tony listen? We know Tony pays attention on on social media, but does he actually listen? Well, I don't know. We're gonna find out. I'm gonna give him a code <laughs> message and be like, hey, Tony, you you fucking six foot four hairy motherfucker, you Slavic looking potato mashing. Bastard. That's not very coded. Just saying. No, it's coded. It means I love you. He knows. Uh, okay. As long as he Tony, knows. Tony's been aware of me since I was like 10 years old, if not I, younger. I, I I feel bad for Tony. Um yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a weird one, I think. <laughs> How was your Thanksgiving? Uneventful. Uh with Deb's injury and all, I didn't feel right leaving her by herself, so I stayed home. And uh, we got gobbler rolls from Wawa. And for for those not familiar with a gobbler bowl is, it's basically hot turkey and gravy and then your choice of mashed potatoes and or stuffing uh, and a little bit of cranberry sauce all in a bowl mixed together and you just kind of eat it. So Right. It's kind of like it's kind of like what I do for leftovers. I just take. Yeah. 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 Some people make a sandwich. Some people put it in a bowl. Yeah, and you can get this as a sandwich. Actually, the the thing that I just described it it comes on a roll or in a bowl, and I we both chose bowls because it's. I mean, I don't like bread, but it's actually really messy to eat on a sandwich. Oh yeah, it falls yeah. apart quickly. Yeah, so it was just uh, easier to eat out of the bowl. Speaking of messy sandwiches, I went to Arby's yesterday for the first time in like maybe six or seven. years. I have not been to Arby's since I think nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Uh, well, I'm here to tell you, it, it's it's not it was not worth like the wait. And the main reason why is because I kept getting ads on like YouTube and sure and, and app games and shit. And it was like go to Arby's, Arby's. We have the meats, and I'm like, all right. So there's no Arby's nearby, but we had we actually looked ahead. There was an Arby's where we were going to be yesterday at the uh, baby shower that ah. Steph and I went to. Gotcha. And we had pitched to, the, uh, to Maxwell, and he was like, fuck yeah, let's go to Arby's, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they got, like, he and Steph got, like, one or two things. And I was like, I'm fucking, because there's no Arby's nearby. I'm getting a whole bunch of shit to kind of get a feel for everything. And it wasn't really worth it. Uh, yeah, but, but I, I was, I the, the times I've been were not like, yay! It was like, uh, right. Uh, uh. Like, and I got some of their special shit. Like, I'm like, all right, this fucking barbecue pulled pork or tri-tip or whatever the, the fuck the, it was. I will say the new boneless wings look good. I didn't, I haven't gone to get them yet, but they do look pretty we, good. We did, like, Steph got some chicken tenders and they were fine. Uh, but I got a chicken sandwich. It was It was like a ranch bacon chicken sandwich. And it was cold. Mm. I was like, you got all the fucking meats. We don't have a fucking microwave. What the fuck? <laughs> um... You know, you know who but, the voice for that used to be, right? Like when it no. first started that that campaign that we have the meats. No, it's Ving Rhames. Oh, that totally makes sense. 
Now they that they absolutely makes sense. Though. They've they've moved off him. It's some other guy that sounds similar, but it's it's enough different that you know it's not him anymore. But right, yeah. But I'll tell you what the surprising thing that was actually pretty decent was there. Mm. The fucking, I mean, again, I have to phonetically like say it so other people know what I'm talking about. Sure. The fucking gyro. Right, I've heard they're good over there. Yeah. I mean, it's fine until you realize that the yogurt sauce is just like ranch or mayonnaise. It's one of the two because Probably, you can't really just, yeah. it's not yogurt. It's not <laughs> from a yogurt. I know that. But I was surprised when I said, how fucking weird is it that like the best thing at Arby's is a fucking shawarma gyro thing? Can I, can I tell a quick Arby's story that has nothing to do with food? Absolutely. So, uh, two of my buddies that I'm sad, the, the the guys I actually referenced in the last episode who told me that because I don't have a wife and kids, I can't fully understand what it's like. Do you remember that whole thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two guys, but this is back before any of us had wives and kids or even girlfriends at that point. Um, okay. we're all hanging out. We're about to go to a, it's a springtime. We're about to go to the spring carnival at this church. Um, and it's not about religion, it's just about the fact they have, like, rides and games and all that kind of shit. And the one guy's like, I want to get, um, I'll use, I'll use their nicknames, because neither one of them are their real names. So my, my buddy Bones was like, I want to get a bite to eat, and the Arby's is, like, right across the street. So he's like, mm-hmm. and it'll be cheaper to eat the Arby's and it will to eat at the carnival, and he's probably not wrong. So he's like, so he's like, we're going to go to Arby's, but I had to eat, and, and our friend Mitchie, not his real name, uh, had also eaten. So we're just sitting around kind of shooting the shit while Bones is getting a bite to eat or whatever, waiting for the food or And at one point, Mitchie's swatting a salt shaker back and forth, and it falls over. It's one of those plastic ones with the clear bottom. You've been in restaurants enough. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it spills a bunch of salt on the table. Not like a huge pile, but a, a, a decent amount. Sure. And unbeknownst to us while we're all just talking he is then since picked up the salt shaker took the like advertising card that's on the table like the little like three by five card that's advertising whatever they've got going on at the time yeah and it's chopped the salt into a line and he looks at bones and goes hey bones give me a buck to snort that and he looks at him and he goes, dude, no, I'm not giving you a dollar to snort that because he's trying to, he doesn't want him to do it because he knows it's going to like not be Burn. good. Right. And Mitchie's like, I was going to do it for fun anyway. He pulls a dollar out of his own wallet, rolls it into a tube and right down the line. And I'm sitting directly across from him. And he, he stays bent over for a few seconds, and he comes up, and his shit is so bloodshot red, and there's tears just pouring out of his face. <laughs> After about what feels like 10 minutes, I'm sure it was probably more like 30 seconds, but after whatever time passes... The thing that's funniest about this is not that he does it, that when he can finally speak again, he says... First thing, that is the most painful thing I've ever done before, and I've done pepper. <laughs> and we just lost our shit. And like we just we just lost it in this army is dying laughing. So <laughs> the fucking punchline of pepper is what really fucking sells it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so um, so that's that's my and that was the last time I think I was ever in an army. So I'm not well, gonna I don't lie. fucking blame you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but 
But yeah, Thanksgiving was pretty pretty quiet. I did I the day I didn't get to do this day of. Um, but day after, I watched uh, the Beatles get back special on Disney Plus, and holy crap, is that good? Really? Oh yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. If you're not a a music lover like I am, like I know you you like music, and there's you know, obviously Frank and a bunch of other artists you're passionate about, but like, you know me, I'm all about how is the, how's the sausage made, especially when it comes to music. And so if you're not into that, it, I could see it being a little tedious, honestly, but if you're into it, like I am, and, and also, um, having the experiences I had with dubbed in English, being at the studio with them during the making of an of an LP, we didn't get a full album done, but during the making of the LP, I it, even though it, the experiences are different, I I it kind of took me back to those moments. Like I could I could relate to a lot of the things I was seeing on the screen, even though I'm not a musician, you know. Sure. So it was fun to see that. Um, it's definitely changed my opinion on John Lennon for sure. Um. In what I, way? What 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 was your opinion of John Lennon before? I always kind of took him as a, a bit of a narcissistic asshole, even though he was all about peace and love. He was also like, "I'm." It's all about me. You know what I mean? And sure. And I think part of that comes from the whole. And I've done some research in this. The the comment about the Beatles are bigger than Jesus. He didn't mean it like anti-religion but it got spun that way as the media does and then there's the whole thing about and there, and i'm not saying he's perfect i mean he's still treated his first son like shit i mean that's and that, his first wife and his first wife and that's just proven you know like there's right. there's nothing around that but what it also keep in mind is and i'm not saying this gives him a pass but he was young like he's in this thing that we're more watching. He's like twenty eight, twenty nine years or old. He's he's with Yoko at this point. You know they're not married yet because her divorce actually finalizes while they're filming the thing. So um, they're not married, and I'm and I'm almost positive they don't have their their first son yet. But they they do have this relationship, and and John's just a he seems like a pretty fun dude, like. You know what? Like to his friends, I don't know what he's like to you know rando stranger in the middle of the street, but to to the people he's tight with, like Paul and them, and you know, and it's so funny because during this thing, George actually quits the band. Now he comes back by the Mm -hmm. before it's over, but he quits the band, and it's so funny while they're sorting that out. uh, John doesn't quit, but he like he doesn't show up for one day. Like he just doesn't it's like a no call no show to use it in retail terms right you know and paul mccartney and ringo are sitting there saying you know uh and this is right after paul talks to john on the phone he's not coming that day but they've at least talked and worked out whatever so that they know john's going to come back and you know he's telling ringo and he goes you know what's funny is we're all going to be sitting 50 years from now laughing about how the band broke up because yoko sat on george's amp like and you know, I I still don't know that she's the full reason they broke up, especially after watching this, because there's a whole lot of infighting that has nothing to do right. with Yoko. You know, now what she's fueling behind the scenes, maybe I don't know, but like you know, but it is a little frantic um, in the way it's shot. 
and I and I don't blame Peter Jackson for that because obviously he's not the one that shot it. He's taking what was already shot, all these hours of material, and kind of sculpting it into you know a, a thing. But it's it's nine hours long. It's nine nine and a half hours long. Wow. And yeah, yeah, it's three. It's the first one's two hours forty seven minutes. The second one's two hours fifty eight minutes, and the third one's two hours eighteen minutes. So mm-hmm. it that's almost what's that? That's seven. It, it, it's it's like seven and a half. I guess is probably a better way to put it. But um, still, no. It's 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 eight and eight and a half. Eight and change. Yeah. Yeah. Eight and eight, so it's just under nine hours. But um, yeah, it is a little frantic. But you also. It reminded me of stuff I've seen in the studio. Like, there's one multiple times where they're working on a song and just break off into another song. And what I mean by that is not another one of their songs. I mean that they, they they do a whole bunch of covers throughout the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so you see how all that works, and then it ends with the roof, the infamous rooftop concert they did in London, their very last public performance together. Um, and what's funny about that is they actually had a camera crew on the street interviewing people that are like just walking down the street and hearing the Beatles on this rooftop. Right. And the the variance in the way people reacted, like there was a guy that just on visual appearance you thought would have been like, oh, how dare these hippies play this loud music and run, basically. You know, and... <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, but right. um, but no, but seriously, it would have been like like that. And he's like, "Oh, I love that they're up there. I can't wait for the new album." And blah 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 blah. And then there's a guy who's got to be like their age, going, "How dare they disrupt commerce on this street?" And blah blah blah. It's like, right? Whoa! Like it was just a mind fuck for me to see that. You know, my my whole. I mean, I'm, I'm my curiosity is definitely peaked, especially after you took like just you know, gushed about it. Um, but I'm, my whole thing is I always kind of like the earlier, more innocent Beatles. So to the, speak. The, no, the, the, the cookie cutter Beatles, the yeah. more, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's I mean, definitely like, two hours to the Beatles music for sure. Yeah. So. And it, it's once they were like fucking crooning about octopus gardens and, and actually and octopus, and Gar- octopus garden hadn't been written yet. That you see the like infancy of that song on, <laughs> On, on the stock, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, my my opinion about John Lennon is, I I think he was definitely an asshole, and I think he still sure. had that underneath. And I do believe Yoko calmed him the fuck down. It's just from what I understood from reading about Julian Lennon and and everything, it sounds like even when John Lennon calmed the fuck down, he still really didn't. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not giving him a pass by any means. No, 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 I know you're not. So, I'm just telling you how I feel. And, yeah, no, and... I think if the whole Yoko thing was going on now, I think she would have had way more support, and, like, Paul and, and everybody would have been, like, blasted, because essentially she was... she It was a very anti-feminist outlook of Yoko, at the time, everyone blamed Yoko for breaking up the band, and that's see, been basically and, the key. Here's the interesting thing about it, though from from all the interactions you see on the video, and 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 granted, I know it's edited, but I I want to give Peter Jackson the credit where I think it's probably due that he didn't leave this out. There's no 
there's no negativity on camera, at least, between Yoko and any of the other Beatles. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like they seem to actually get along with her. Paul's actually talking to her, laughing at one point. They're having a conversation. You know what I mean? Well, so I don't necessarily know if I blame the Beatles so much. I think a lot of it was media. I th- and I'll think of a lot that's of what I'm saying. Fan, yeah. I think a lot of it was fan response, especially at the time, which was less feminist at the time. Where it was like, oh fuck Yoko, she's the one who broke up the band. Sure. I mean, Yoko, the name has now become synonymous of With like breaking up bands. Yeah. Who who Yokoed this fucking band? Oh yeah, absolutely. It it, it, yeah. it no, it absolutely happens. And I mean it's a shame. I mean it's so much so that um uh I, I, I think I can share this story, I hope. Uh that when dubbed in English at one point, the guitar player was started dating an Asian girl. And the joke in the band was, oh, Christ, we have our Yoko. Now, she wasn't negative to the band at all, but it was just the whole, you know, the whole thing, you know. And and I don't think anyone was actually being serious, but, like, it was, you know. But you had the main guitar player with it, you know, like, it it just lined up, you know, too too perfectly to real-life events, I guess. But, you know. But, like, the other thing I'll say about John is he's got – a hell of a vocal range. Like I'm not saying he's Freddie Mercury or anything to that level, but he he has more of a vocal range than I realize. Like Paul's pretty pretty tight, whereas John John Lennon's got a pretty decent vocal range that I I did not see coming. You know, well Paul especially his voice has changed dramatically, and he's still able not to really. Hit those notes. No, it's gotten a little weaker, but well, because I, yeah. I I saw him doing like, I think it was a tour with like James Corden or something. He was like going around Liverpool, sure, and like they did Hey Jude at a bar at a pub in yeah, Liverpool, yeah, yeah. and the, it just kept going on and on and on because that song do, does kind of tend to go on and on and yes, on. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, and you can still hear like Paul's voice is just not as strong as it was in the sixties and seventies. Oh well, and 80s. sure, yeah, yeah. But he still is maintaining the the pitch. Uh, whereas John Lennon, I do agree, has has a range, and I think it's more prominent in um, "Twist and Shout." I think I think it's... he gets more cre- He should get more credit for "Twist and Shout" because he had a severe cold. And he's that's why his voice sounds kind of raspy when he's singing. It sounds kind of scratchy. Um, and 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 Twist and Shout is a hard song to the, sing. The only the only objection I have to giving him credit for Twist and Shout is it's not their song. You know what I mean? Like you know, I so know, but they definitely they definitely popularized. Oh, it. for sure. But I'm saying like if I'm gonna give him, I would do I would give him on something like. Um, I can't. I was gonna say get back, but he doesn't sing. That's Paul. Um, there's one. There's a couple in the dock, and I'm blanking where you see that range. It's actual mm-hmm. Beatles music that becomes, you know, songs. Um, it it was just really interesting all around. The 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 director of the documentary very much tried to insert himself in the making of the album multiple times. Um, or at least the concert that was supposed to go with it, um, okay. very much so. In and I feel a very negative way, and I know to, so much so that I think that's part of the reason why George left partially. Like it's never so this said. Guy, this guy really is the Yoko, essentially. 
No, because the, the, the band doesn't break up for another year or two. But he, you know, it, the thing is, like, he kept wanting them to go to this amphitheater in Libya. This outdoor amphitheater that held, like, 10,000 people to do this live show. And it's the first time they would have played live for anybody in, like, four years. Mm-hmm. They avoided playing live almost at all costs for yeah. a long time. And and they they went and did this. And, yeah, it was, it was really... Uh, it it's, it's really it's in the band's mouth. It did. It would have been more than George than anybody. You know mm. what I mean? And and also like they they kept wanting to. They were recording. There's a there's a movie studio over there. You may have heard of just because you know those weird things called Wickenheim Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the first ten days of that thing is recorded is at Wickenheim because. And I'd asked you about a movie called The Magical Christian. Um, uh, And the reason I asked you about it is it stars Ringo Starr and -hmm. Peter Sellers. Mm -hmm. And it's an Apple movie. And when I say Apple, for those of you, you know, not old enough to know, I don't mean Apple as in the thing you're probably listening to this. Yeah, or Steve Jobs. I'm talking about the original Apple company, which was what the Beatles called their, their production company. Um, and it, it, they, so they, Yoko. I don't know that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I don't. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, the first time John Lennon met Yoko was at an art gallery that she had pieces in and literally her piece was climb this ladder to see the piece. So it like literally he climbed a ladder and there, when he got to the top was a sign that just said Apple. Hmm. Well, I so that the, might the be word I don't Apple know. has always been kind of correlated with Yoko and John Lennon, especially. So it would not surprise me if like the Beatles sort of adopted it as well for their production company. Sure. Um and still to this day, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um but, but I would also argue that Yoko is is head of that or at least has got many shares. I, I think she has John's shares, whatever that is. I don't think she has any more than say Paul or Ringo at this point though. Right. I don't. Um but yeah, so they, they have that and then um it it was just interesting just watching them and then so they're they're making this movie and they left the stage for the for the Beatles to use and and Everyone keeps wanting to because it's like an air, it's like an airplane hangar size stage. These are huge mm-hmm. stages, and they kept saying like, "We'll build a stage that you can stand on and perform, and we'll fill the rest of the area with people." And and George, you could see the anxiety like just literally just rising inside mm-hmm. him. Like you could see it. And he was like, "No," <laughs> yeah. you know. And Ringo was like, "I don't want to go to Libya. Like I have no desire to go to Libya for this amphitheater." You know. Right. Um, you know, and this producer keeps going, can you imagine 10,000 Arabs out there watching? And he says it just like that. that like, I'm not even being, I'm just right. quoting the guy, but like, and they're like, and <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, we, I, I think, I think Paul, even at one point is like, with all respect to the Libyans, why would we do our first concert in years for the Libyans? Why wouldn't we do it in England? Like, 
England you know. or America. Right, know, like, right, right. And then, then the, and then the guy's like, well, we'll fly some Brits over there for you. You know, it's like, what? yeah, I know. Yeah. It was so weird, you know, so. You want um, some Brits? Aren't you guys British enough? Like, But they finally, they finally moved from that studio to the one at, they're at the Apple Studios, at the the, the building that they bought, and you, the whole vibe changes. You can just see it. They have so much more fun there. I'm they, sure they bring in Billy Preston, who I mentioned on on my show, on my radio show during the Hall of Fame stuff. Um, they bring in Billy Preston, Linda McCartney's not Linda McCartney yet, but Linda's there at one point, you know, and you you see you see Maureen Starkey uh, for those. Not familiar. Ringo Starr's real name is Richard Starkey, so it's his wife. Um, you know, and 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 you just see them hanging out and enjoying each other's company while figuring these songs out, and then occasionally um, just fucking around and being goofy as fuck. And that just it was for me. It was gold. I was like, oh my god! I watched because they put out part one on Thanksgiving. They watched out part. They put out part two on Black Friday, and they put out part three on Saturday. That's mm-hmm. the way they put it out. I I didn't get to watch any of it on Thanksgiving. I watched parts one and two back to back on Friday. I watched wow. yeah, I watched almost six hours of this on Friday, and it was worth every fucking second of it to me. So well, while while you were watching the 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 Beatles and and drooling and jerking off the Beatles, the Beatles, mm-hmm. uh. We also were watching other shit to go for today's episode. Oh yeah, homework. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so officially this episode's going to be about the Muppet Christmas Carol and the Mickey Christmas Carol. Right. But there was I there was also between you and me, there was also like option of like if we have the time and for extra credit, we could do like the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol. Did you watch it? No. No, I did not. I did. Okay. I did, and it's fucking weird as piss. Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> like, I, I have a, I have enough to say about that, but I am very curious about your take on the Muppet Christmas Carol, because to my recollection, you said you had not seen this one. I had not. This is my first viewing of, of the Muppet the Muppet interpretation of this story. And also, I will warn you now, I will probably make reference to Scrooge at least once at some point so he and cj and i discussed the possibility of including scrooge in this and i said by all means do what you want to do but i was i was thinking like on the off chance we ever do a commentary of scrooge i wouldn't want to be redundant on it and i wouldn't want to take away the spontaneity of it and the specialness of talking about scrooge while doing the commentary and what so and while i agree with you i don't think i'm ever going to get you to sit down and watch scrooge with me because no, no, I would absolutely do that. It would definitely be a it would definitely be a you episode. Because you're, sure. well, you're not a Bill Murray guy, so I can't imagine. I'm not not a Bill Murray guy. There are some Bill Murray movies that I'm fine with, but I don't have the same, especially the hipster like reverence of him, like like the 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 hipster and Gen uh, Gen Z is that the next generation or Gen X? Oh, uh, I think What's it's after Z. Millennial? I think it's Z. Oh well, no, it's after Millennial. Uh, we'll see, Millennium Y, I think it's Z. Just go with Z. Okay. Yeah. All right, so for all the you Zs are like, no, fuck you, it's Y. We're like, well, fuck you, it doesn't matter. Gen, um, Gen Z. That's what yeah, Gen, Gen Z. 
<laughs> the millennials and the and the uh, and the fucking Gen who gives a fuck, um, <laughs> they fucking revere Bill Murray like he's the icon. That and I'm just like, yeah, he's fine. Like, yeah, it's I, fine. I I think I'm somewhere between you and them because I'm right. certainly not like he's the the best thing that's ever happened. I like him more than you do, but yes. you know. Because I liked meatballs. I think you hated meatballs, if I recall. I, di- I just didn't understand the allure of it. I tried. And I think someone tried to say, it's Animal House at Summer Camp. I'm like, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, but I see I see why they say I agree that it's not. But I see at least right. where they're coming from with that logic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've never seen Stripes. I don't know if I would even like that. So you know. I have seen Stripes. Stripes is fine. It, see, I think I think I just missed it. I think it was the I, I missed its window of popularity where Wait, I was like, "This is awesome." Even even one that I know you don't dislike, we we agree that I like way more, and that's Ghostbusters, the very first Ghostbusters. Can I tell them about the the night? Uh, before we all, before I think we, we all told it, but go ahead. Yeah, I think we told just, it, but you can tell it again. So, just a reminder: this is how much CJ loves Ghostbusters. When <laughs> the night before we all left the hotel that we were staying at in Jersey, when we were together, he got. Oh, oh! I thought you were talking about the night I left. The night before I left uh, Oakland. Oh no, no, no! I'm talking about fucking uh, the night before in Jersey. I think you told you, this one too, but yeah. But still, it's 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 relevant uh you got you got kind of drunk and i i was kind of like thank you for putting that kindly i mean you but the thing that's really fucking funny is that you so disagreed with me (laughs) you you fought me tooth and nail because you wanted to hang outside and fucking hang out with fucking garza and talk and get and just keep drinking but it, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as new year's you give me that it, uh, okay, it was not as bad as New Year's because I was actually in front of you to physically stop you. That's why. That's not what I meant. I meant in terms of me being like hostile. You, you were, you were very close. If no. you'd had that extra drink, it would. Because that's the thing is, like, you were like, "I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm not that drunk." Seriously, Rika, I'm not that drunk. And I'm until like, I stood up. Drunk. Until I stood up. That's when it... Yeah. yeah. You stood up and you started walking sideways. And then Garza was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, we're definitely done for the night. And I, <laughs> and then you were like, Rico, you got to carry the bottle. I'm like, I'm aware. He's like, okay, I just make sure you have the bottle. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm only carrying one skinny thing full of booze. And it's going to be the bottle and not you. <laughs> so don't worry. And you are, you are leading us back to the hotel. And you are shuffling and the entire time you're just like i'm rico i'm not that drunk and i'm like motherfucker you stumble sober like i'm protecting you right now (laughs) and you would get us to the room and you start like and then you say hey is it okay can you turn the tv on i i need to fall asleep to some background noise i'm like sure no problem and i start flipping channels and i stumble upon ghostbusters and you stopped you dead in your fucking tracks (laughs) You had a fucking beaker beacon to do, 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 Ghostbusters. Ooh, I love that and movie. You, it was like the it was like the last ten minutes of the movie. But you're like, oh, leave that shit. I'm like, I know. Before I even fucking was like ready to change the channel again, I was like, that's it. It's Ghostbusters. I'm playing the remote <laughs> down. And and you 
you were like, this, this was the best part. You were like, Rico, seriously, I wasn't that drunk. I'm totally fine. And then you took your shirt off and you got it. it the alcohol bitch slapped you and you just went, Oh fuck. And I'm like, you're right. You're like, Oh no, what happened? And then you just, you just lay down and you were out within like seconds. seconds. Yeah. Dude, I was texting Steph and I'm like, this motherfucker got drunk as shit. Send. And then <laughs> snore. I'm like, okay, this motherfucker passed the fuck out in three seconds flat. Send. Uh, Send. Okay. Uh. So officially, we are doing three Christmas Carol movies today. Yeah, I. I... I I would have made more of an effort if I know I because you you made it sound like it was so I didn't think you were gonna actually do it so if I known you were gonna I, do it I, I would have made I, more I, effort. I was surprised how much time I managed to man I managed to fit in I actually watched Mickey Christmas Carol today and I watched most of the Jim Carrey one last night after the Muppet Christmas Carol I did everything in like yeah but see I could I could have done it because like after after I watched my my pieces of homework I actually beat Guardians of the Galaxy so, oh no shit <laughs> yeah um. All right, but, so you are a fan of the Muppets. I am. So oh, I'm totally. I'm just, yeah. I'm just curious why it took this long for you to watch Christmas Carol. Um, there are certain things that when they're they're done like this, I'm not interested in seeing. For example, um, the the live action Grinch that Jim Carrey mm. did. I'm I've never seen, and will will be watching for the first time for the show but i've had no interest in seeing it up to this point did you guys catch that little teaser he just gave you he just dropped a teaser in your fucking lap yep yep uh you know so i have you know for that same reason like there's certainly like i'd i'd much rather watch a muppets original piece of work than yeah you'd you'd like to watch the muppet movie or the muppets or the great muppet gaper right or even 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 the newer ones which aren't great are still more well, preferred. that's what I said. Like the well, I don't know. Muppets Most Wanted was kind of a hit and miss for me. No, no, I agree. I'm not saying, but I'm saying comparatively speaking, like I would just, I would rather watch an original, even even the short lived kind of reboot to the show that they did. Did you ever see that? It was like an office. Yeah, thing. I tried it. It wasn't for me. I'm not saying it was good. Great. Um, I enjoyed it just because it was the Muppet. To your point of me being a fan of the Muppets, I was able to sure. look past all the terribleness to be able to to watch the Muppets for a while. But mm-hmm. um, so that's why I didn't watch it. But I wasn't like, this is not a a. And I know this is probably going to always be our barometer. But this was not a Joker kind of thing where I was like, I am anti this thing existing. I'm just. I just didn't want to watch it, really. Sure, you know? I understand. So, um, but you had said, "Hey, if we're going to do a Christmas Carol, we need to, we need to include this one." And and to your point, I am a a Muppets fan, so it's not yeah. like I'm going to be like, "Oh God," you know. Right. So, so what's your verdict? I liked it. I like. I mean, I didn't. I'm not going to say that. I, I know there are people that love it and grew up with it and had that reverence and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I more power to all of you. I mean that sincerely. But like, mm. it was just fine for me. I didn't. Uh, I didn't hate it. I liked. I liked some of the interpretations that there are. So we'll get into that for sure. But sure. you know, um, I, 
I think you're going to vehemently disagree with me on this, but I didn't like Michael Caine as Scrooge, honestly. And I like Ooh. Michael Caine. Like, I'm a fan of his. You know that I am. But I just, I, I don't know if it's because maybe I'm so, you, uh, my first real exposure to Michael Caine, the more I think about it, is probably the Dark Knight series. That's not to say I've never seen him in any, but the first time I became aware of Michael mm-hmm. Caine, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I have a hard time taking that Alfred and putting him into Scrooge, you know? Sure. So that's that's it. But I didn't. I don't think he did a bad job. I just, I think there could have been possibly better casting. I'd have to think about the timing and all, but, you do, know. Do you, in your own mind, have a definitive Scrooge without, and I'm I'm excluding Bill Murray because his name is not Ebenezer Scrooge. No, that doesn't technically count. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I know it's going to sound dumb, but for me, it's it's, it's Scrooge McDuck. But that's cause that's yeah. even that. But that's the thing. Like to the point of this, like a lot of people grew up on the Muppets one, right? And I'm not right. shitting on that. Ste- Steph, I mean, Steph. Steph, I I would argue that Steph's. I think I think she really loves the one with George C. Scott, the Christmas okay. Carol movie. I don't think I've seen that one, but yeah. But she also really fucking loves the Muppet Christmas Girl, and 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 as far as I'm concerned, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I grew up, so you got to keep in mind that came out in '92. the The Muppets one came out in '92. Yeah. So I was 12 at that point. The mm-hmm. the Mickey one came out in '83. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grew up with the Mickey one, the animated one. You know what I mean? So so that to me, and and it also spawned. Whether on purpose or not, I feel like it spawned DuckTales. It's not the first appearance of Scrooge McDuck because he's shown up in things prior to that. But I think the popularity of that that short when it came out allowed for DuckTales to then become its thing, personally. Well, I I distinctly remember the DuckTales movie – as part of my childhood, as much as like the Mickey Christmas Carol, sure. Um, you you might be right, but I I don't remember if the movie of the of Ducktales came out before the show. Like you know, After. sometimes it's a spinoff show After. or some. It it okay. actually it actually capped the show. Like it was mm-hmm. like I think I think you had one season after the movie. It was one of those things where like. The, the movie comes out midway at its height, and then you had, mm-hmm. like, one season after. Yeah. I remember... I It's been a while since I've seen the DuckTales movie. I remember that it was my shit when I was a kid. Oh, it was but, a great movie. It's, it's, it's on Disney. I mean, shit. Yeah. Well, some of the... So, just to put this out there, I as much as I love the Muppets, I actually kind of was, like, very, very, very young, was really creeped out and freaked out by the opening scene of the Muppet Christmas Carol because I was at someone's house and I must've been two or three. And I have this distinct memory of them putting it on during the holidays. Sure. And they're like, Oh, it's Muppets. You know, it's Rico. He's going to sit here for 20 minutes while dad is talking to whoever. And then we're going to, and he's going to leave. So the Michael Caine as, as Scrooge fucking fucked with me. And it was, and it was the, the song itself. Like, here goes Mr. Humbug. There yeah, goes Mr. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking fucked. And and the close-up of his... And it's the ominous kid's eye view of him marching towards the camera where he's huge, he's imposing, you don't see his face. You just sure. see his big black cloak. 
Yeah. And for a little kid. And this cane. It, and nope. the, uh, with cane with his cane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a little fucking creepy, and then it clo- it does a close up of his face when he turns and looks at all the the mob of Muppets that's been talking shit behind his back, and he just goes humbug. And I'm like that, like you didn't really pu- appreciate his his Scrooge, but I, and that's not to say you're wrong. I think I'm not I'm not I don't really have a dog in this fucking race. Mm. When it's like, well, your Scrooge is you know worse than mine. Who gives a fuck? It's you know. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm not, yeah for sure. I'm not. But I, we yeah, both did grow up with Scrooge McDuck as Scrooge, um, but I, as a for the emotional roller coaster that Scrooge goes through, I think Michael Caine does a great job. And my favorite thing about it is that when he was offered the role by Brian Henson, uh, which by the way, this was his directorial debut. I was wondering about that. Yeah. So the, obviously this was supposed to be a Jim Henson vehicle, but he died in 1990. Right. So and Frank Oz, I think, was like he was kind of minorly getting blackballed from Disney on a very like kind of subtle way. They're like, no, we don't really want you to do any of our shit anymore. Hmm. And so it was offered to Brian and he offered Scrooge to Michael Caine. And Michael Caine said, I will never wink at the camera. I will not do any Muppetry bullshit. I'm I'm going to play this straight like I'm doing Shakespeare. And M- Brian Hentz was like, fucking bang on, dude. Like, you do exactly no, how I, you want to do this. He, he did a fine enough performance. I think I have trouble just separating him from other roles I've seen him in where I don't see him as like... Because Scrooge the character, forget Michael Caine or, or animated or whoever is kind of an anti-hero. He starts off very much as the antagonist and ultimately swings over to the to the protagonist, I guess would be the way to put it, or or at least an anti-hero. And and so the protagonist, yeah. And so only knowing him as, you know, um Alfred, the bartender and Mr. Destiny, which I don't think you've ever seen. It's a it's a Jim Belushi vehicle from the eighties. Um, never even heard of it. It's 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 about a guy who who he's married to Linda Hamilton. Actually, it's one of the only Linda Hamilton movies I've seen. It's not Terminator. Um, okay. And he he wishes his life was different. And okay. his car breaks down outside this bar. He goes into the bar. Michael Caine's the bartender. He makes him this special drink. He takes a drink and he wakes up and his entire life is different. He's he's like the most power he. Because he, he he's got it in his mind that if he connected with this this like hit in little league baseball, like if he'd hit the home run, he would have been popular and had the girls and the whole bit. And sure. so this drink allows him to go back and hit the home run, and then it or it makes that happen, and then changes everything from that point forward. Um, okay. And and then it goes on from there, and and it's really like a cat. I want to say cameo, but it's not. He's not a primary player in the film like he he serves him the drink and he pops up a few times beyond that but for the most part it's belushi and the guy that plays um it's belushi it's love it um it's a very early love it's role it's linda hamilton and it's um who's the guy the guy that play the guy in die hard that ends up who acts like he knows John McClane, but he doesn't he's actually trying to get in his wife's pants i can't think of the character right now but he gets shot Oh, Colton Ellis. Ellis. The, the yeah, the guy, guy, the guy who plays Ellis is also oh. yeah. 
Um, okay. And and he's equally an Ellis dude. Like it, it's typecasting so, so, for sure. So Donald Trump Jr. is in this movie. Yeah, yes. There you yes. go. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So um. But anyway. So but like seeing him in that role and seeing him as Alfred and then like the only other time I've seen him really kind of be a dick is in the Now You See Me films. But even then, it's kind of like veiled until the end. You know. Kingsman. So. Kingsman. He's also. He's also. Spoiler. He's the villain at the end. But he right. comes off as a hero. It's but he's true. also a complete dickhead. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like it, yeah. I, I'm I'm used to that. Like even if it's fake goodness, like you know what I'm saying. So you're, you're used to the the very supportive, like you know, Alfred Michael Caine. I get it. I totally get it. See, like I think the first time I was aware of Michael Caine was Jaws four, because right. he's in Jaws: The Revenge, and he's like the whole movie itself is just what the fuck. But like <laughs> when you're a little kid, you're like, I think that's Michael Caine. Because See, everyone I, was like, every Michael Caine has always had popularity. I personally am not the biggest Michael Caine fan. Um, I loved him as Alfred. I think you and I disagree on that. I'm not saying you didn't I, like him, but I think I liked him more than you did. Is all I'm getting at. I think on paper he works as an Alfred, and I and I don't think his performance is bad. I think I like Jeremy Irons' sincerity and and kind of like I've had enough I've had enough of this bullshit. Like I but like also I love Andy Circus, but I would never have pegged him to play Alfred. I view his I just his acting, I view Andy Circus as almost too serious. When did Andy Circus play Alfred? He's gonna play Alfred in the Batman. Oh I didn't all right, chill. How did you? How is that not part of your fucking like? It's not. That movie is very much on the the edge of things for me. Like I'm aware of its existence, and I certainly will watch it. But like, I'm I'm not as yeah. yeah. Andy Serkis is gonna play fucking Alfred to Robert Pattinson. But let's also be real here. If you could blow Andy Serkis, you would. I mean, let's no, 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 yes, you would. Yeah, yeah, no, I would. You totally would. Yeah. I'm not like drooling over Gollum, motherfucker. Like you I, I love you Cir- some Andy Circus, dude. You bring him up a lot. <laughs> no, nah, I think you bring him up just as much. But you think you're fucking, uh, you're placating me every time you bring up Andy Circus. I like Andy Circus. I think he should have been. I think there needs to be a category for motion capture based on his work. Well, I, 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 I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, but I, I de- like I just said, I don't think Andy Circus on paper would make a good Alfred. But what do I know? I also didn't at the time think Robert Pattinson would make a good Batman either. My, my so. very, my very quick analysis on Irons is that the only, the only issue I had with Irons is he felt too young compared to Affleck. Like, I felt like you needed an older Alfred. Like, I think if this had been a a year one Batman story with Irons, I would have been more on board with him as Alfred, honestly. But that's just, that's it. I don't know. I didn't didn't interpret Irons as being similar to age. Like, I guess I looked at, oh, I looked at Affleck as he's probably in his mid to late 40s kind of like Affleck is maybe early 50s uh, so Alfred would have to be 70 right I, I'm saying I think I think Irons to patent if he had, if he had been cast in the Pattinson one I think I mean obviously having not seen it yet but I mean sure. just from a age side by side kind of thing I think it would have worked better sure. so um but yeah just yeah, Michael Caine did fine job like I'm not you know and and he certainly to your point of like playing it pretty straight like you know it was it was 
it was as Shakespearean as Dickens ever gets. You know what I mean? So you know, so you get to Oliver Twist. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, having not seen that, I've read it. What, what did you think of of Gonzo and Rizzo as like the narrators? And... I actually like that. I actually, I, I, I don't know that you had to call him Dickens. I'm not saying I had a problem with it, but I think you could have gotten away with just saying it was Gonzo and been fine with it. But that's you know, sure. I'm not, I'm not like. Oh my god, that ruined it or anything. Right. Yeah. So um but no, I I liked having that. I felt like that added some of the comedy to it because they the the thing my my biggest problem with this is uh, and I'm gonna reference Scrooge for a minute because what they do with Scrooge, you get you get the story, right? The the the, the traditional story that everybody knows the the former partner, obviously, it's not Marley in this in that instance, but still, we'll ju- we'll use the original names. Where you get the Marley comes back, he warns him about the spirits. The spirits show up, and then you have your whole journey and redemption, the whole bit, right? Right. But you have a whole lot of exposition around that at the time, to- while it's before and while it's happening. You know, the the part with Bob Goldthwait, you get the part with his secretary. You know, you get you know, parts where, you know, you get, you get these expositional moments around it. Whereas, you know, the Muppet Carol took the, the base premise of, do I get Christmas day off? Okay. There's Jacob Marley. Here's the ghost. Here's redemption and stretch it out into an hour and 20 minutes. Like they took a, what, you know, they, they stretched it out and not in a way that felt long, but, I felt was unnecessary. I mean, Disney told the, they told the same story in Mickey in twenty six minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, the Mickey Christmas Carol is definitely an abridged, condensed version. I don't you feel get, like the, you, the Muppets ones any in terms of the story that it's telling any longer. Well, in terms of timeline, it's definitely longer. But it's uh, from what I understand, they're they're actually quoting the book. They're actually quoting Dickens. I, no, like, that, that, I, that I could dialogue see. Dialogue for dialogue, whereas Mickey, they changed oh, sure. so much of the dialogue. Sure. No, I, I get that. But I'm talking about just the length of the story. I think they could have done the same thing in a 25-minute special, you know, or or a 45-minute special as opposed to an hour-and-a-half long movie. Like, it felt, it felt extended for the sake of saying we need to make a, f- a feature film length thing. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. I think well. Here's the th- here's where the the Jim Carrey one comes in. Just as a comparison, uh, they it's 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 exactly the same story, but somehow the Chris. It's also I think almost the exact same running time. It's an hour and a half, give or take a couple minutes. And okay, fucking it's it. But somehow the the Jim Carrey one feels longer. Because a lot of it is is a lot of like special effects CGI, like it's very showy. Like instead of just you know uh, uh, the ghost taking fucking Scrooge to a a, uh, a portal of light, and all of a sudden he's fucking wherever the fuck he is. He's in the past. He's in the present. Sure. He's in the future. Sure. This is like 
uh, Scrooge is fucking being like flown throughout the city of London and like hitting crap and and then like falling through stairs and it's very like Doctor Strange esque where it it tweaks the reality with the fantasy on a constant basis. So is is Carrie Ebenezer in this? So here's where it gets interesting. Jim Carrey is it, it, basically it's a very small cast, and people and the actors play multiple roles. Okay. So Jim Carrey is Ebenezer Scrooge of varying ages. So he's Ebenezer Scrooge as an old man. He's Ebenezer Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge as a young man, and I think as a kid they must have digitally like like heightened his fucking voice. Mm. He also plays all the ghosts. Including, like, it, they literally had him credited as the ghost of Christmases yet to come, but he doesn't say anything. So he he's playing multiple roles. Gary Oldman is in this, and he plays uh, Cratchit and Marley. Okay, Marley, I see. Cratchit. It's, okay, here's, so this is the same type of, like, CGI look that... Uh, was popular for like the Polar Express, so it's the same type of animation. Okay, oh, so it's an animated film. I've never seen it. I oh yeah, it was, it's, I it's it was a live CGI action. Zemeckis Polar okay. Express animated film. Okay. Uh, when when Gary Oldman is Cratchit, he looks fucking weird as shit. Well, I mean, he looks weird he, as shit. He, anyway. But he, but you've never like of all the multitude of roles that. Gary Oldman has played, and we were we we're both fans of Gary Oldman. Yes, yes. He looks weirder in this than he does as Tithead Dracula. Wow. So that's that's his, saying something. Because this for this version of Cratchit is about five feet tall, and he has long hair but a complete bald spot on the top, and the face resembles Gary Oldman. Like they they fucking. CGI, they scanned his fucking face right. and they put it on a thing. Or mocap them he, or something, yeah. Something. I don't know what they did, but it looks like if you've ever wanted to see what Gary Oldman looks like as a like a bald dwarf, here's your fucking movie. <laughs> and Gary and Oldman if he was in Lord of the Rings. Right. It's like it's it's fucking Gary Oldman as a hobbit <laughs> without the big feet. Like he's just unlucky there. And <laughs> <laughs> but like, and but he's all smiles because Bob Cratchit is a very right, you know. God bless you, sir. Yeah. Like you, know, Merry Christmas. And but like to see Gary Oldman with big smiles and being kind of timid goes against Gary Oldman because we've always known as like Scary Gary, you know, with the exception of like Sirius Black or um, in The Dark Knight, Gordon. This, yeah, as yeah. So, but then he plays he plays uh, Marley, and dude, I've got to tell you this version like i didn't hate this jim carrey christmas carol the 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 christmas carry <laughs> uh um but like there are some great things they introduce there's and i think they're fairly accurate to the book almost to the t but this is actually legit scary like if i was a little kid and i went and saw this in theaters i would actually be fucking terrified because the marley character the ghost of marley is legit terrifying. Like it's he's green and spectral looking and he's floating and the chains look like they're weighing him down, like he's straining against them. Like he looks like an anguished soul.
like just tortured ghosts. And he's not like when he appears as the doorknob, the door knocker, like per classic Christmas Carol story, right. whether it's go- whether it's goofy or fucking Muppets, you know, Scrooge goes to his door and all of a sudden Marley's his fucking knocker. What knockers? Yeah. And this version he Oh, you're just on dro- a roll today, aren't you? I'm 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 trying, man. Uh he fucking <laughs> drops the key and so he so he the camera slowly pans down while he's rummaging for the key and he's like, Oh bollocks, I can't find my key. And it's really Jim Carrey does a very weird voice for Scrooge. Sure. Like it's it doesn't sound like him. And then he finds the key and the camera slowly pans up and the knocker is now changed to the face, but it's like ghostly and green and Marley closes his eyes really quickly and Scrooge is like, well, what is this? And then he kind of like jet, like puts his hand close to the knocker and Marley's eyes spring open. His mouth opens so wide it unhinges and breaks its own jaw and screams in his face. And it's very abrupt. And so when he goes upstairs and then Marley fucking follows him and Scrooge, that whole bullshit. Yeah. It's he like, he's not looking at Marley and uh, he's not looking at Scrooge. And then eventually he, he's like, you know, please come for me, Marley. And Marley just kind of takes one eyeball and slowly looks down at him with one eye and then the other one follows suit and they both focus and it's it's really creepy and unnerving and he just keeps screaming and wailing oh whoa, it's me and like it's it's so fucking weird it's so like i cannot imagine like disney was like oh yeah let's aim this for children <laughs> like like i get that the nightmare before christmas is also a christmas film that's scary but it's supposed to be scary right this right. one you have no fucking clue going into this and then like i i would not show this to my nephews now and they're like one of them is 10 like this is i would have to like show this to joel and be like do you think they can handle this shit? He's like, probably not. Don't know. <laughs> and to prove my prove my theory, I watched the Polar Express with them two years ago when I was babysitting during the holidays. I remember that. And they were they were freaked out by the fucking Polar Express. And that was less scary than this shit. I remember. Uh, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. I um what did you think of uh I mean obviously you've seen this before I did and you're you're a bigger fan. What did you think of the, the two guys from the balcony playing the Marley brothers? Oh, Statler and Waldorf as yeah. well they obviously had to make an extra Marley just of, to fucking yes. fit the yeah. yeah. I liked it. I mean, their song is pretty fucking catchy, like we're Marley and Marley. I I I, I I thought they did it a little over the top too much. Like I love Stetler and Water. Like the, they're they're two of my favorite. I can never remember their names, but I, I love those Stetler char- and Waldorf. Yeah, yeah, I I do love those characters. But what's great about those characters in general is you get the one or two liners. They laugh about it and then they fuck off and then maybe appear again later and you know throw out a one liner or whatever. It, it, you know. Depending on the context that they're on the Muppet Show, they're there through the whole episode, heckling throughout. Right, but, but it's not it's not like a whole segment of them. It's like a couple <laughs> quick liners, they're out, they come back, you get you know what I mean? Like 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's why they chose them for for the Marley role because it's it's in and out. Like, they're but it's one not. Of... It felt it felt too extended for them for me. Like, you know, like there was I don't know. Like, it it got too. There was too much. And honestly, I think I could have done. I I know you just said you just just said you didn't mind it. I probably could have. And I don't mind musical numbers, but I think I could have done without that one in particular. You know, I I think in terms of musical numbers, well, here's the thing. There's a whole lot of confusion when people watch uh, the the Muppet Christmas Carol because there was a song that was deleted. Okay. And and it it wasn't. I mean, it was uh, head of I think it was uh, Eisner. It was Michael Eisner, head of Disney, cut this song, and it's it's set during the past, so Ghost of Christmas Past era. Sure. And it's all about young Scrooge. Basically being like his his uh, the girl that he woman he loves, Isabel, I guess her name is. I think that's what it was. Yeah, she releases him. She's like, you clearly don't love me as much as you love money. I release you. And she sings this whole heartbreaking song, which really on a character development scale is where uh, Scrooge's heart turned to stone. And he just like because like the love of his life. Yeah. Like, like you don't blame her, but she fucking said, I'm done. Like, you don't have to fucking worry about us anymore. Goodbye. Yeah, I'm out. And she, Peace. Yeah, yeah. She sings this whole fucking song. And that's why Gonzo and Rizzo especially is fucking sobbing. Because when you watch it, it just cuts. I mean, it's the, the it's still there. You right. understand why it's sad, but it doesn't hit it as home. So the deleted scene has been cut from all versions except for like the original run on VHS and the your original run theatrical release. Sure. So it, it is on Disney Plus, but it's an extra de- it's an extra feature. Oh, is it? I don't think I saw that. And go to yeah. deleted song. Yeah. So in terms of deleted songs or songs that should have been deleted, I, if you watch that scene, you're like, okay, yeah, Marley and Marley was better because it may have hit the home for why Scrooge is how he is, but it's also just, it kind of stops the whole fucking thing flat. In I got opinion. you. Okay, sure. And especially for little kids, I could see them getting bored very easily. Whereas Marley and Marley especially as a fucking ghostly duo is going to entice kids, you know, that's yeah, really I suppose. the whole point. Yeah. Uh, I do like the little jokes they threw in like, uh, keep the jokes of the bears, you know, that type of shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. They're always echoing yeah. Fozzie. I like the fact they changed Fezzy wigs to Fozzie wigs. I yeah. thought that was fucking funny. That did. That made sense. Yeah. I was on board. Uh, I, I laughed my fucking ass off when Sam the Eagle, uh, it is the American way. Whisper, whisper, whisper. It is the British way. Business. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I thought that was funny too. I agree. You should have seen Steph last night. Steph quoted the whole movie. Oh, I'm sure she did. I don't doubt Sang it. Sang every lyric, knew every joke. <laughs> I love it. And fuck, like, repeat, like, was laughing so fucking hard. And then like at some point we stopped. I'm like, you know what? If we're going to watch some Christmassy fucking movies, we're going to make some cocoa. Like we're going to have cocoa and watch some Christmas. Sure. And so we went and made cocoa. And at one point she's like, you know, I don't have to sing along or say anything or, or, or say the jokes. And I'm like, 
no, baby, I want you to fucking enjoy the movie. You yeah. enjoy this movie. Yeah. If we were doing a commentary, I'd say, shut the fuck up. But well, yeah, of course, yeah. I was like, no, dude, like, you enjoy it. Like, I've, it, I've, it, can't even say that because we've been notorious for, well, pre-quoting the lines. We'll, we'll do it ahead of... Right. <laughs> yeah, but we, so. we're not fucking, like, you know, I don't... I mean... The way, I mean, we're not doing it for the entire movie. She was borderline no. doing it for the... Like, I made her Coco to have something in her mouth, so she would not <laughs> fucking, like... No, that's not true. I want Coco anyways, uh, but it was a good distraction. Uh, um, that was no, good, though. It, that was good. That was that was good. I give yeah. you that. That was good. But but it, it does cheer me up, because I was emotionally drained, just because of the holidays sure. and Nancy and everything. Sure, sure. So, like, because the last time I saw this was... A year ago, uh, roughly around the same time, makes sense. Yeah. So it's I'm I'm having a very bittersweet uh, look on the holidays right now. Sure, that makes sense. Um, so I it really did make me happy that Steph was happy as fuck. Like she loves this movie. This is probably her favorite Muppet film. If I'm really pushing it. Yeah, I don't think I can say that. That's for sure. I didn't. I'm not saying I hated it by any means, but I certainly can't right. say that. I think for me, it's probably the Great Muppet Caper. You know, I, um, I agree. Or it's really a toss up between that and the Muppets Take Manhattan. Like those are like one one A for me. You know, but that's, that's a that's a decent one too. I I don't know anybody who say the Muppet movie, the first one. Like it's, it's fine. I've it's tried to tone. watch it again, and it's it's it, comparatively, it's not very good. It's a rough draft. Yeah. It's very yeah, much a yeah. rough film. Uh, I would go as far as to say The Muppets, the Jason Segel vehicle one, is way better than the original. I would agree, yeah. But and that's and and that's the thing I liked about that is that, you know, without getting into a whole discussion on that film, Jason Segel has such reverence for the Muppets, the lore, the character, you know what I mean? Like, so the, he made sure, because that's not, he, he's more than just acting in that. Like, he's very heavily involved in the production of that, that movie. Uh, and that all stemmed from forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes. Which is really fucking funny. <laughs> and and even he said that's really fucking funny, the fact that he made a radar movie which featured a Dracula Muppet musical within the film. And then the Muppet Workshop reached out to him and said, we noticed you like Muppets. Do you want to take a hand at making a Muppet movie? He's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You guys saw that movie? You, you saw, saw my, you saw that, like, that dirty ass Hawaiian flick that I did? Fuck yes, I'll fucking make a Muppet movie. Right? And they're like, hey, stop saying fuck. It's Disney. Like, calm, uh, calm down. Um, um. I agree with you about most wanted though. Most wanted's a hard watch. That's a that's a hard watch. I yeah. It uh it's been a while since I've seen Muppets uh in space. I don't think uh, I've seen that one. Yeah. It's not bad. I but I think Muppet Treasure Island is also very underrated. You know, that one I haven't seen either, so I can't I can't comment on that. But I th- honestly it's worth watching for Tim Curry alone. Like Tim Curry was so like people were like, "What are your favorite movies?" Like I've I, the fucking like Pennywise and Rocky Horror and the Muppets. He was so happy to be in the Muppet movie. Dude. I actually the thing about the Muppets that I I forget sometimes, right? And it's not because I don't like it or I don't pay attention, is that they'll intermingle with real people. So like. 
here's what I mean. Like celebrity cameos. Well, not even celebrity cameos, just real people, i.e. Michael Caine playing Scrooge, you know. Oh, you know, I, like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, at first, when I turned it on, just not thinking about it, you know, I thought to myself, oh, I wonder which Muppet's going to be Scrooge. Like, I was trying to figure out who was going to be Scrooge, and then mm. when it said Michael Caine on the screen, I went, Oh right, it's the Muppets. Okay, you know, and like I, I didn't, and I didn't have a problem with it because that's what they do, right? That's what the Muppets do in all their films, like you know, yeah, you know. So it's not that I had a problem with it, but I didn't even put the brain together. The only thing I think I would have liked, honestly, is if one of the three ghosts was a real person. I'm not. Um, I'm not saying all of them. One of them, you know. That's fair. I can, I can, I can, I, I actually personally, so here's how I rank through these three films. And I know you can't really contribute to the, the Jim Carrey one. Sure. Um, I would say that the, the ghosts of Christmas past, the, the, the girl angel thing is pretty because it changes. It's in, in the fucking Mickey. It's, it's Jiminy Cricket. Which actually is awesome. I it's think. awesome. It's very yeah. good. You know, I, I love the fact that he showed off his badge and it said official yeah. on it. Yes. That was fucking great. Um, but I I dug the girl angel thing. I didn't but that because in comparison, the Carrie version, which again, Jim Carrey plays all the ghosts, with the exception of Marley. Um this version is a fucking it's like Lumiere. From Beauty and the Beast, it's mm. it's a candle, but the flame is is Jim Carrey's face inside the flame. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and he does it so it's unintentionally creepy because he whispers and talks like a this. It's very Irish accent and very creepy, and it's and you're like, what? Who fucking made this movie? <laughs> the right. Ghost of Christmas Past is a fucking parcel tongue whispering fucking candle, and then the second one is just Jim Carrey as the big giant, yeah, of, and he's just <laughs> laughing. The entire time. It, it it looks very much like Jim Carrey in a big-ass beard and a big, giant-looking thing. I think the Muppet version of that is much better than both versions. All yeah. three versions. See, I, I I don't disagree with you. It's and, and, and going back to, to off slightly off-topic, my favorite ghosts, period, are the... Because, I listen, we, I think we can all agree that the ghosts of Christmas yet to come or... Ghost of Future or whatever you want to call it, because there's a couple different. I've heard it in different variations called slightly different things. Is really a non-character because it very rarely, if ever, in any iteration, has any lines. It typically True. is just there pointing towards the doom, and the doom, the doom is what's very different. You know, depending mm-hmm. on which version you're seeing. So. I, I immediately discredit that ghost from our conversation. So for the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas or and present, mm-hmm. you know, my favorites are still the Scrooged ones. Sure. Be- because the dude in the cab just 
smoking cigars and you know being a wise ass, you know. Then yeah. you got and then you got the little woman just beating the shit out of Bill Murray for like twenty minutes, you know, literally beating the shit out of him and giggling about it, you know. That yeah. it's just humorous, you know. So, well, I, again, I'm not faulting you for liking what you like. For once. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a first. Uh, but in terms of, because I'm all about, like, respecting the literary source, but also doing your own thing. So in terms of, of accuracy, I think the Muppet Ghost of Christmas pre- present, because he does age. Like every other scene, he's slightly older. His, yeah, his, yeah. His hair is slightly wispier or grayer. Uh, and then he just becomes, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's just full on gray. And then he, then he looks a little more age and then he, you know, he ceases, you know, because sure. they, he only lives for a day or something. It's right. really, the literary story is a little muddled on that because in the Carrie version, he says that he's, ha- he has 1,834 brothers. He says it in the Muppet one too. He says 1,827, I think, or something. Whatever, whatever yeah. it is, because that's supposed to signify the year. Okay. Okay. But that's where I'm, that's where it gets a little weird is, so he's, he's been living for a year or is it a day thing? Like, yeah, that, that doesn't very... line up. It would be like 365 times 1827. So, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it, it, but there's also another thing in the source, in the literary source, because I looked this up because it was a very confusing line of dialogue. In the Carrie movie, Marley says, you will be visited uh, at uh, 1 a.m. Uh, by the first ghost, and then the following day at the same time, and the third ghost the day after that. That's from the book, but that also makes no bit of goddamn sense because the next day is supposed to be Christmas. In the book, it says this shit, but Dickens was fucking not paying attention. Well, see, I because... okay, I see why they wouldn't do the math on that. I, I get why they they wouldn't do the math on it because if it's if it's the math that we're talking about he'd have six hundred and sixty six thousand eight hundred and fifty five brothers for the for the gross of Christmas present correct yeah yeah I don't yeah I think I, so I, I interpret I, it as I think they didn't want six 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 right there in the front that just, right yeah. right <laughs> but speaking of six 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 so you said the ghost of uh, uh, Christmas is yet to come or future, whatever. Because I've heard a couple different versions. Yeah, right. Go, uh, the only one, to the best of my knowledge, that actually does say anything is Pete from Mickey Christmas Carol, and it's it's only two lines. I think it's you, Ebenezer Scrooge. I think it's the only, or it's you, Ebenezer Scrooge. I think it's, it's the your only... grave, Ebenezer Scrooge, or something. Akin yeah, to that. it's not much. Here's the weird thing: Jim Carrey is credited as the ghost of Christmas. You said that, future. yeah. But he, I don't think he says anything, and I'm trying to like remember if he does. But the way they fucking make that, like the Ghost of Christmas Future, is so creative, and I totally dig how they do it. It is the fucking Dementor death-looking motherfucker. It's the cloak, it's sure. skeleton hands, but he lives in the shadows. So every time Ebenezer is like, his back is to his shadow, his shadow turns and morphs into the ghost ah. and they turns and looks and it's just this hooded thing kind of with the skeleton hands staring at him on the ground or on a wall 
Mm. And then it's able to bend reality by putting its hand. It's all shadow. And then its hand comes out of the wall and like points at him. And it's a very skeletal robed cloak hand. Sure. There's one, there's, there's a whole part to it where like a big ass ghost carriage with ghost horses chase Jim Carrey. And it's absolutely unnecessary because Jim Carrey's like, you know, show me what's to come. And then like the ghost is like, okay, but I'm going to chase you first. And it doesn't make any bit of goddamn sense. <laughs> and Jim Carrey's running. And I'm like, motherfucker, you know, like they're supposed to teach you a lesson. And it's just, it's, it's a weird fucking movie. Gary Oldman as Cratchit looks fucking weird. Carrie Elwes is in it. And you could barely tell when it's him. Who is he? He in the film or who was Carrie Elwes? No, in the film. Uh, he's like, Dude number one and fucking uh, and like passerby number seven. And you're like, what the fuck? Dude, Colin Firth is in this movie and he serves no purpose. (laughs) He plays Fred. He plays Scrooge's nephew. He has two or three scenes and you can't even tell it's Colin Firth. You're like, okay, I think that might be Colin Firth. Well, that's better than Donald playing it when you can't understand any of the lines of dialogue. So at least. And that's why I watch everything with subtitles. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that I'll tell you right now the Jim Carrey one does not sound like something I'm going to go run and put on. Like honestly, it's it, it's it, look, let me put it this way. If you have nothing to watch during the holidays, I've got, a, I I will find something. <laughs> you know, I think you should watch it. It's I don't I don't need a follow up on on the air about it. But I'm very curious what because you might be like, dude, fuck, fuck Scrooge and fuck Mick Scrooge and fuck the Muppet Scrooge. <laughs> this is my shit because um, I don't know you. You might just have a whole I, different appreciation. I for might, it. I might have a different appreciation for, it, but I, 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 I doubt that last part you mentioned would happen. You know what I mean? Of uh, fuck all these other versions. I, I doubt that would happen. Sure, sure. Um, I, 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 it has I, the best opening. I think Christmas Carol. I think that, and again, while it's probably not the, and and I don't think there's any reason why I'm going to say this, but while it's not the, it's the least true to the to the source material. I think Scrooge is always going to be my my all time go to version of the story. You know, sure. I if Bill Murray did a Christmas Carol, I could see. You know, it would be this. You know? Yeah, I, I, I just dig it. There's something about it that just the. I remember the first time I, the first time I saw it, I was hooked, and it had nothing to do with oh my, you know that reverence for Bill Murray you talk about that the the millennials have. This was just like, I, I liked, I like modern twists on stories, dude. You know that about me. Like yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm gonna be like Home Alone is still probably some of my favorite Christmas movies. You know, Home Alone is definitely yeah. a Christmas movie. It's probably one of my favorites. And, you know, in the grand scheme of Christmas movies, it's like, what now? You know, it's by other people, not you. You know what I mean? Like, when there's all these other things out there, like Miracle on 34th Street and, and you know, It's a Wonderful Life and things like that. You know, White Christmas and things like that, you know, so. Well, for seeing as some, I mean, like, the when I was working at the video room and even now, the majority of the Christmas movies that, like, people rent are Home Alone. Um both versions of Miracle at 34th. Uh, some people get Scrooged. Not often, but some people get Scrooged. Sure. Um, it's, but Home Alone, for sure, is always asked for. And It's a Wonderful Life 
uh, I mean, I think we have like four or five copies just because. Sure. Like, uh, based on the demand. Um, Christmas Story, uh, Chevy Chase's uh, Christmas uh, National Vacation. Lampoons, yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot about those two, but uh, fuck them both. So. Fuck which, which, fuck which both? Christmas Story and Lampoon. Oh, well, yeah. Um, and then there's like the, you know, the ones that everyone always wants, like fucking A Year Without a Santa Claus and Rudolph, all the right, the, the rank and bass, bass. Yeah, 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 which like it really is tickle, tickles me when people like rent them because they're renting like a 45 minute feature or something. Essentially, they're renting a short. And it got to the point where I was I told the owner, I'm like, we can't rent. We cannot rent this for six dollars to a customer. Like let's let's rent it out for two. Is that how, is that how much a rental costs over there? Uh, a, a normal rental for a normal customer is six bucks. Yeah. Okay. If you're a senior, it's it's uh, five, and then if you buy a package deal, it, it reduces it uh, automatically. Like you can get rentals in bulk, and you get a discount. I know, but you rent something on Amazon, it's three ninety. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm aware. Okay. People aren't coming to us because we're a bargain. They're coming to us for nostalgia. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and, and, and and to hear me fucking tell everybody how much of a pain in the ass my co-host is. Oh, I'm sure that happens on a regular basis. So sometimes. Yeah. So I, they're actually actually, you know what? I'll take this opportunity to say, like, there there is a customer who listens to our show. Oh, really? Yeah. So Cynthia, if you're listening, thank you for listening to Potaskew. Yeah, thank you for real. Uh, sorry you have to hear Rico's bad selections so frequently. Um, oh no, she's happy. I gave, I I fucking gave her a deal on a bunch of horror films that she was buying. <laughs> Did you tell her about October? Yes, and I started to tell her. I'm like, oh yeah, we we were just doing a sci-fi horror thing. She's like, no, I heard it. I'm like, you actually heard that shit? She's like, yeah, I heard that. I'm like, I barely heard that shit. <laughs> Uh, so, thank you, Cynthia. Yes, thank you. For real, all jokes aside, thank you for listening. We we always appreciate that. Um, I yeah. And now, I, now she's gonna come to the store. She's like, "Why'd you say my name?" Yeah, right. Like, I, now, now I'm not gonna listen to you. Like you made it weird. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you, you you looked her in the eye. Um, I'm gonna look. She's she's gonna come in in like a week and a half, and she's like. Yeah, like you, you killed it. Like no more, Asshole. no more. Yeah, <laughs> I was great until you mentioned my name, and, uh, I'm, and now I'm burying this because I don't know how to get out of this hole that I'm like digging myself deeper and yeah, deeper. Yeah, just stop talking. <laughs> just, just, just stop talking. Um, I, you know, I, I also saw. I didn't watch, but I saw that there's this, and I'm, I'm thinking I might watch it. Um, there's the Disney, um, Once Upon a Christmas, and then it turns out there's a sequel, Twice Upon a Christmas, and it's like, a bu- apparently it's a bunch of shorts with Mickey and company, you know. Oh, okay. They're I, on Disney it, Plus, I just haven't watched them yet. If this is what I think it was, I think last year when I was trying to find the Mickey Christmas Carol, I think I stumbled upon this and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is not Mickey Christmas not Carol. Right, right. What is this bull what is the CGI awful bullshit? You know. But, yeah. Well, I don't think yeah, it's I CGI. I think it's animated, but Well, if if it was what I think it is, I think it was the the there was a new Christmas Mickey special. 
And I think that's what I stumbled upon. I don't know if it's the exact same thing you're, you're talking about. Yeah, I don't. You don't it's definitely if there's a there's if when you go on Disney Plus, there's a holiday collection and it's in there. So if you want to go look there, um, but I'm, I'm curious to see that potentially. I don't know if I'll have time because, like I said, there's a couple of ones that I want to watch. Um, and of course, we have homework that we do. So I got to mm-hmm. make sure. Um, which which I am looking forward to because I think the next one I'm actually looking forward to the next grouping even more. So, so. Am I. um shall and we I, shall we tease it or I mean we are doing it. It's not like when we try to tease a guest and then they, they they back out. Well, before I answer, let me ask you this. Do you have anything else you want to say about Christmas the Christmas um, Carol movies that we watch? Because I think we've done a good enough thing. I, I think, think we I think have. Yeah, I mean look you know, to the audience, this is obviously going to be one a shorter episode than you're used to for Podeskew, and you know that's kind of our goal for for the December ones. We're trying to take it a little bit easier on ourselves for the month of December, so you know, right? Plus, we're getting... also aware that it's all about family and spending time with each yeah. other. You know, we want you to spend time with your families and and eat fucking you know, figgy puddings and bullshit. So, you know, you went all British right there. No, no. It's a give us a figgy pudding. Da, da, da. Yeah. It's a, it's in the fucking songs. Okay. Figgy pudding. I don't, I mean, I've never had that shit. It sounds delicious. Becca. <laughs> um, it may not be British. It may just be old no, timey. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. So, well, look, I'm still figuring out that why the Brits call puddings when they're not puddings, like they call their cakes puddings. Yeah. I don't understand that. A pudding is a fucking... It, a pudding is not supposed to sit and have density. When not, when, when you have a, a dessert cake. when you have a dessert called spotted dick, it all goes out the window after that, so... I mean, spotted dick and pudding... It, suddenly, figgy pudding sounds way better. <laughs> so, so yes. I, I don't have a whole lot more to say, so I will... We can end this episode with me giving a hint, if you don't mind. Oh, I was going to lay it out, but sure, okay. All right, so you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Hey, motherfuckers, get ready for a long closing that us podcasters are obligated to do. I try to make this funny, so bear it all with me. If you're currently listening to this after an episode, then you already know how to find us. But if someone played this for you and you need directions, then you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts, or simply Google us. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. Also, we do it live. Fuck it. Sorry. What I mean to say is we show off our shenanigans every Friday on getvocal.com slash pod askew. That is vocal spelled V-O-K-L. This is a way for our fans and friends and family to interact with us and occasionally offer to pay for therapy. Catch these interventions at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time which is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do the math if you're not in either of those time zones. Also, if you happen to like us individually, I do a live reading of books called Rico's Reads. This means I take a look and read a book. Currently, I'm waiting for LeVar Burton to sue my literate ass, but I add funny voices and say fuck a lot. So it's not true plagiarism. So let me tuck your ass in on Thursdays on GetVocal.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for you West Coast dudes, that means 4 p.m. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, I am at Rance Rico, and CJ is at M underscore Blade. Clearly, he put more thought into his username than I. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. 
That's why we call him Logo Mike. The dude is our very own Michelangelo. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And fucking finally, and most important, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to. We want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I. You guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Hang tight for the post-credit. Damn it. I need a smoke. Addiction. International terrorism. Freeway killers. Now, more than ever, it's it is important to remember the true meaning of Christmas. Don't miss Charles Dickens' immortal classic, Screw. Your life might just depend on it. struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today at our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY.